Just stay in your seats, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll blow you up as soon as possible. Hmm? You know what I mean. Let's get on with the show. We can't hang around here all day. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 741. And together, as we have been since 2005, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more. Here on the podcast, my weekly live video every Wednesday on Facebook, events, blog, and much more. Please be sure to join the community, subscribe to the podcast, and find everything at www.radio.com. So this week, I want to invite you to virtually graze through Epcot with me as we taste, rate, and review the best of the best of what's new at the 2023 Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. Then stay tuned for the Disney Trivia Question of the Week and more updates at the end of the show. And if you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Epcot International Food and Wine Festival first begin? You might be saying 2015, 2001. What if I told you that the first Epcot International Food and Wine Festival was held back in 1996? And over the years, it's grown from a 30-day event to one that now runs from July 27th through November 18th. Happy birthday, Mickey Mouse and my daughter, And it is a festival that is more than just a way and an excuse to come and eat your way around the world, but really has sort of evolved into something that brings together families and friends and food and almost is by necessity that long because there is so much to do, so much to see, and of course so much to eat that you cannot do it all in one day. I was reminiscing earlier today about how I used to do food and wine festival reviews and how it has just evolved to something that can't be done in one day in a single sitting and certainly not by myself. But this year I am back at the festival for the first time. We'll explain why we need to come back again to do a review a little bit different than we have done in years past. And I want to welcome back to the show, gentlemen, ladies first, Lisa Donato glassner from the Castle Run. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to eat my way around the world. And Kenneth Johnson from I still don't have a website.com. <laughs> I am always happy to eat my way around any place, uh, especially with these three people. So thank you, Lou. These three and the tens of thousands that are surrounding us on the promenade. And last, certainly not least, 
is Jason Knapp from here, here right here, with TheMagic.com. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this scrumptious opportunity. So I'm trying to remember, because now there's, there's basically an Epcot food festival practically all year long. Was the last one we've done, was it Festival of the Arts? Was it Food and Wine? They all start to blend into one another. Um, but we've done a number of these over the years. Um, do you have a favorite of the festivals? Festival of the Holidays, Food and Wine, Festival of the Arts? Well, I mean, Festival of the Holidays has the black and white cookies, which are really, really out of this world. Um, but I think, for me, I think I think Festival of the Arts is probably my favorite. But this year looks promising for food and wine. I always like the Festival of the Holidays, too, just because of the time of year, especially in Epcot. The weather and the music and the fact that it's not 112 degrees. I was maybe going to say Festival of the Holidays until you reminded me about the black and white cookie. <laughs> No, I mean, Flower and Garden is just such a beautiful time to be here in the park. But this is the OG festival, and there's just something really special. Even though it's no longer after, like, a long wait of through the summer without anything. These wait, these days, there's, like, two weeks between festivals. But there's just something about the OG Food and Wine Festival that will always hold a special place in our heart. Well, I think each of the festivals has something that has its own sense of appeal, whether it is Flower Power, or Garden Rocks concert series, or it's the holiday season it's the different type of cuisine and i think food and wine is still sort of like not just the og but the largest of all the festivals in terms of duration and in terms of number of kiosks and food exploration opportunities that it presents which i think is some of the reasons why i like things like flower and garden because it's a little bit smaller a little bit sort of more manageable Um, and this festival you know the what used to be a fall festival now sort of begins right in the middle of the summer, which I also understand because maybe you can't get here because of school or because of work to enjoy some of the other festivals that happen in the other times of year. But with a bigger festival that lasts longer, there's also great opportunities. And this year I thought of, listen, I've been doing this almost 20 years. I'm finally starting to learn my lessons rather than trying to review every single item at every single booth which is a bit of a, a very tall order and there's only my pants can only stretch so much like there's i'm already pushing maximum density i thought this year we would take a little bit of a different approach and look at the best of the best of the festival of what's new because there are a lot of new items this year and while the festival continues to bring back fan favorites and classics that i think you know like nostalgic foods from our childhood whether it's TV dinners or sloppy joes we look forward to and come back for every year but I also love the idea of discovery and exploration and seeing what is new and for me when I get sort of the menus and see the food booths and stuff like that that's sort of where my mind and sort of heart and and tummy go to first I think I know I think it's, it's a good challenge I don't usually seek out all the new things but I think it's a good way to do it because you're right. There are some favorites that we go back to again and again. And then we miss out on things that might become new favorites. So it's good to try some new stuff. Yeah, I'm a habit-oriented person anyway. And I hate it when my uh, my eating gets in a rut. And the great thing about this festival is there's always enough new that you could spend several trips to the festival and only eat the new things that year. So I think this is a great time to do just that. 
Yeah, you want to make Disney fans lose their mind, take something away. Yeah. Even if they never went to it, <clears throat> Maelstrom, take something away and they lose their marbles. And that includes some of the favorite food items as well. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things this year is that there's not... There's a lot of brand new stuff, but there's also, I was flipping through because there's always like the fan favorites that we go back to again and again. And they're here, but I feel like most things have sort of gotten at least a little bit of a new twist. Like I love the flavors from Fire Booth, but the dish that we had there today that was served on a taco was a little bit different from the one that's always been served on a corn cake. Or So they're sort of taking advantage of making, I, I, I guess they're kind of people pleasing the people who don't want things to change while at the same time like tweaking things just enough to keep them interesting even for the stuff that is staying the same so i think that's a lot of fun too and might help people to maybe segue into something that's a little bit different i love the idea of sort of having comfort foods that we come back to and look forward to but i also am always excited to see what is new um especially for you know if you felt like a uh, a marketplace didn't sort of hit the year before you want to see how maybe they've learned they've listened they've tweaked. Um, and I think there's a few things as we looked through the book were very intriguing. I think certain things get a lot of sort of social media attention. Pickle milkshake, I'm looking directly at you. But sometimes I think there's some hidden gems in there that hopefully we're going to find along our journey today. Anything stick out for you or in terms of place you want to go, thing you are most excited to try? Well, I think, I mean, I was excited to see that the fry basket has added the fried pickle to it so like it's another like take a great thing and plus it um there's new wings to try there's new uh, the chilaquiles are no longer in mexico but now there's a chilaquiles in america apparently um so yeah it's gonna be exciting well i am gonna put my disney hat on for or my disney fan hat on and be disgruntled for just a minute that the piggy wings are no longer in the uh in the in my favorite pavilion but that be that as it may I think there is a lot there to try, and I'm looking forward to today. Yeah, I'm super. I, well, I mean, I think the brewing area now sort of owns the wings, and rightfully so. There's some cool stuff that I'm excited to try. I love cardamom, so I'm super excited to try the orange cardamom wings um, and the pickle fries, too. I'm excited to see what they do with that. I think I'm just most excited to revisit India, which doesn't necessarily have new things, but considering a number of years ago, we had sort of a, a very sort of hotly contested debate about the kiosk as a whole and the food that was served there, and we'll see if, how, if in any way, India has changed. So we're going to sort of seek out the best of the best of what's new and literally eat our way around the world, hopefully in a single day. So with that, uh, let's move on. So we are dodging the rain a little bit and ducked inside the brewing labs at the Odyssey, which is why the background music might sound a little muppety, because it is. We'll get to the actual brewing lab menu, but first we want to double team flavors from, fry, flavors from fire and the fry basket. And this year, what's new is the chimichurri marinated skirt, skirt, I can't, I really talk for a living, I swear. Chimichurri marinated skirt steak taco with crushed avocado, grilled corn salsa, pickled red onions, queso fresco, and cilantro lime cream. And also, we think that it sounds new-ish, the spiced chocolate tart with barbecue potato chip crust, salted whiskey caramel, and smoked sea salt. It sounded familiar from an earlier item, but now that we see it, it looks like it's brand new. Yeah. Yeah. 
So this is always my favorite booth, so I'm so hungry and super excited to start this. The chimichurri they've always done, but they usually do it on a corn cake, which is usually very good. And this year it's more like, like, like a soft taco shell, like a corn shell. And they always do like a spicy chocolate of some sort, because with flavors from fire, it's heat fire and also temperature, like spice fire and temperature fire that they play with. But I think this barbecue chip thing is very different. Flavors from fire, we were saying earlier, like it always seems to deliver like consistency for the festival. It's always my favorite for sure. And it, so many things like the piggy wings from years past that still invade my dreams at night. So I'm really happy that we started here. All right, let's, uh, let's dig in and see if it delivers once again. I like this background thinking music. <laughs> so <laughs> it is not what I call the first date food <laughs> because it was delicious. But you're going to wear a little bit of it on your hands, which is sometimes a sign of a really good pizza, a really good cheesesteak. In this case, a really good chimichurri marinated skirt steak taco. That was so good. I'm ready for another. It's so delicious. Like, it's the messiest thing ever because it's very, like, wet and full of stuff. And then you have to pick up the taco and eat it. So the corn cake that it used to be on is probably a little easier to eat, but it's so good. Okay, I'm going to be a little contrarian on this one, Lou. I thought that the smoked meat lived up to the expectations I have of the booth. I love the pickled onions. I thought there was too much going on in there, though. I think the sour cream and the guacamole were not needed. I think it would have been great with that little corn relish. The pickled onions by itself, that would have been perfect. You're, you're really, like, you're a steak guy. Like, yeah. that's your thing. You're going to go in, you're going to have a tomahawk steak for, like, a mid-morning snack. Yeah. So you sort of like your steak, I think. You want to sort of enjoy the meat for the flavor of the meat without yeah, all the accoutrements. And to me, that's the point of this booth. But this could have easily been an impossible dish, and I wouldn't have known the difference because most of what you get here is sour cream, guacamole, and, you know, all the fixins. Uh, so this is this one's complicated, but if you really like that kind of, of thing, then this is your dish. Just for future reference, make sure that when... We're cutting these in half. You cut it, because I think Lisa took all the meat and just left you all the stuff. It's like it's like Flavors from Fire rated Pecos Bill's Fixin's Bar. If you're wondering what happened to the Fixin's Bar, it's at Flavors from Fire. Yeah, that's, that's definitely right. It's, it's, I, I thought it was tasty, and I, I enjoyed the guacamole, but it was a little much. Yeah. Scale of zero, zero to five. One to five. Three. You like... 3.75 to 4. It, everything was good. I think I'm never going to complain about extra avocado, but I mean, it was a lot. I'm sure it varies serving to serving because like that combination of flavors like avocado and pickled onions and like the queso fresco is like a great combination of things. And maybe it was a little heavy on the avocado for ours, but it's still like a very good flavor combo. Yeah. I give it an early three. Yeah. I'm gonna 3.14527. Like you, pie. like like she's doing pie. Like she's creating like it's pie. Yeah, I think these are three and a half. Um, I'm in the three and a half. So do we want to stay in the booth and go to dessert, or do we want to sort of keep the savory as long as we have it? Do the pickle fries so we don't sort of disrupt the palate. Never turn down pickle fries. I can't imagine eating the chocolate after and, the pickle fries. Yes, so maybe we should finish I think we off the chocolate. chocolate. Plus, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we go to pickle fries next. Plus, so you finish it with chocolate. In terms of, yeah. It's up to oh, you think you should fry using chocolate, like then pickles? Take over my palate. Yeah. And then I'm not chocolate first. All right. Because that, 
somehow it's like when you play dodgeball and you're picking players. Somehow this dessert got all the good ingredients. It got the chocolate. It got the smoke. Fascinating how your mind works. The caramel got barbecue chips somehow and whiskey. It's all. I never got picked for dodgeball, so this is bringing up a lot of like uncomfortable memories for me. Let's let's chop it up and see how the spiced chocolate tar- caramel tart fares. It's a nice size bar. It's it's about the the length of like a Hershey bar, but it's much much thicker. So there's there's some substance to it. How much review? What is that on the top? That, is that the barbecue? That's the barbecue. No, because it says that's the crust. It says barbecue today chip crust. And the spiced oh, chocolate uh, tart comes in at four seventy five, and the steak taco is six fifty. Mmm. Some unexpected flavors are there. Yeah, like nutmeg or cinnamon, and it's a little. There's a little hint of Christmas in. There's a little whiskey. You get a little sort of hint of that whiskey. You know, I'm not a sweets guy, but I sort of like the little layers of flavors that are in what mm. is a is a Seemingly simple on the outside chocolate mm. bar. Yeah, and I was a little afraid of the barbecue potato chips, but it works. Mm. It really works. The heat on the finish is nice. A little heat on yeah. the finish is really nice. It's, really good. it's a very dense oh. chocolate. It's almost like a fudgy chocolate, but it's not too it's not too sweet somehow. And like the barbecue chip crust is this is really good. It is I love really this. I, I give this on a scale of one to five. I'd I'd say this for a dessert, this is a five. For a dessert, that's an absolute vibe. This is really good. This may beat the Lamington cake. This is so. This is that good. This is five for sure. I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to give a five because I want to give some room because we're yeah, early, early, we're early day. in the journey. That's true. So I want to give some room to move. But, yeah, I'm, but I'll, I'll give it a four point five one. Just sort of push it over the head. Okay, that's yeah. that seems fair. I'm just going by my memory of other desserts at the festival. This has got to be near the top. I mean, I know this booth well enough to rate it highly with confidence, so I'm going in with a five on this. Yeah. The, I would eat a bag of the barbecue chip sweet thing that's on top. I would eat a bag of that. It reminds me of when you get the sweet and salty popcorn. Yeah. You know what this would be good in? If they took some of these sprinkles and put them in some mac and cheese, it'd be amazing. Well, I'll keep licking my finger and sticking it into the bottom to get some of the leftover... <laughs> Sprinkly yeah, stuff while you guys are talking. I can't safely put my hands in there anymore. No, no, you definitely want to stay away. Yeah, I really like that. All right, let's dig, let's sort of test your theory and dig into the pickle fries with the dill ranch from the fry basket, which I want to go on record as saying has the adobe yucca fries and the fry flight with the sea salt and vinegar fries, which reminds me of the boardwalk in Jersey, the barbecue bacon fries, and the sweet potato casserole fries, which are which are really good. So we really, yeah, we really liked the the fry basket last year, but the pickle fries are new this year. Mm. I love these. I love these. The dill ranch on there. The, the, oh, it's so good. You start tasting it before you put it in your mouth. Yeah. The smell is so good. Gosh, this is good. And the fry part like melds onto the pickle really well, which is hard to do. And the sauce that's on top, yeah, this is fantastic. I'm glad we ate the chocolate first yeah. though because I can't. Told you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the pickle inside this is really a good dill pickle. It's got a very thick batter, though, so be prepared for that. I, uh, you get four long spears of dill pickle. I think the fry is just enough, so it's not sort of like overpowering, and it doesn't taste, it's not like heavy and oily. And it's a really nice, like, uh, like, 
dilly, vinegary pickle, too. I would not call it a headliner attraction, but for what it is, it's delicious. We have to we have to speak of something else. That the the fry basket in general, that experience is great, and it's super portable. They give you those little little carrying case that comes with it, and the cones. It's wonderful, wonderful thing to get. Get everything. Go to the fry basket and get everything. Yucca fries, if they're on a menu somewhere that you're eating in Disney, get them because they are so good everywhere. So they're great here, too. And like you were saying, like that fry flight, we didn't get it today because we have a lot of eating to do and we already know it's fantastic. But it goes from good to better. It's like if you're, we're from, Jason and I are from the Maryland area and it's like Thrashers. It's Thrashers. Thrashers, Boardwalk, Fries. Oh boy, it's so good. Fry Basket's an overall win. It is. It's an overall winner. And I like that. Because it's fries, like it's super shareables too. Like you get yeah. everything, and like we're doing here, you share it among, in my case, yourself, or in your case, friends. Yeah, this rating absolutely fantastic. Rating one to five in the category. I'm gonna give it a four. Like a strong four, and only because it's not like the most unique food in the world, but it's if it as what it is, it's perfect. No, but I, I count myself as a, a fried pickle connoisseur, and as fried pickles go, this is a significant, substantive fried pickle. This is a five in the fried pickle category. In the category of fried pickles, yeah. it's a five. Yeah. In a category of food and wine, Jason's coming yeah. back, hanging out. Are you coming, and are you making a beeline for the pickle? No, because, I mean, I, if I'm getting the fry basket, then I'm getting the pickles. That's that's the thing. But if I'm but I don't eat a ton of fried stuff. But if I'm gonna eat fried stuff, this fried pickle is gonna be at the top of the list. If you like pickles, you need to try this. Dare I say, it is the best pickle flavored food at the festival. As we stand here in the brewing lab, where the pickle milkshake is getting all the attention from the tiki talkers. Oh, wow. Has anybody tried the pickle milkshake as yet? I have not yet. When you hear pickle milkshake, what do you think? What's the first thing you think? What? pregnant woman <laughs> wow this is i'm gonna put all of your socials on the <laughs> so i like do i like doog which is like the middle eastern drink that's like yogurt with dill and i guess i'm kind of thinking it's gonna be like a sweet doog i don't know <laughs> so I've, I've had it i tried it when it's here i think it's i think it's brilliant because from a pure marketing perspective everybody's trying the pickle milkshake right whether they're finishing it or not Everybody who's ever been on Instagram is here taking selfies with the pickle milkshake. Do you want to try one? Yeah. Okay. And then there's not one, not two, not three, but like seven different... There's peanut butter and jelly sticky wings, garlic parmesan wings, traditional buffalo wings with celery and ranch. New this year are the orange cardamom wings, the impossible buffalo chicken tenders with plant-based blue cheese. Kenneth is dancing or having a seizure. The unnecessarily spicy yet extremely tasty Scotch bonnet pepper curry wings with cool cucumber yogurt and buffalo Brussels sprouts with plant-based blue cheese. When you see that menu, what do you think? Uh, yum. And I, I wish they let me get one of each, like a basket of it one. It would of be each. a little like, like a wing buffet. Yeah, a little poo-poo platter of wings. <laughs> I'm really curious about the orange cardamom. So I think we have to get orange cardamom. I, I, I'm going to... Get it? Because I love, love the Impossible Chicken Tenders. And are you, do you want to try, the, I mean, the spicy wings, they're spicy. Like, it, they're no joke. 
They sound really good. I, I'm not the best with crazy spicy food, so I'll leave it to you. I mean, I like spicy, but I don't, I don't want it to ruin the rest of my day if it's that kind of spicy. Is it ghost pepper spicy? Or no, it's like scotch jalapeno. bonnet pepper. I mean, scotch bonnet. Okay. Okay. It's No, it's spicy. Is it like Did you not see my video? Did you not watch my live video? Is it Disney? You know, I do a podcast. No, it's spicy, spicy. Oh. See, now I have to get it because now you guys are questioning the spiciness. Yeah, we have to get it. Okay. And we're going to get a pickle milkshake because we have to just, you know, do as the Tiki Talkers do. I mean, we'll take one for the community. For all of you out there who might be afraid to try this wing, is it too spicy? We'll try. Thank God for Kenneth. Like, you know, he's so giving. He's huggable. I'm a giver. So we had one job, but we came back with extras because in addition to the pickle milkshake, I really like the frozen fusion, which is twinings, pomegranate, and raspberry herbal tea fused with orange ice cream molecules, like almost like little boba pearls on top. These are both non-alcoholic options. I highly suggest we save the spicy for last because it is going to impact your palate. So these are the orange cardamom. These are the impossible. I think we should do it in that order. This way, sort of increase in levels of spiciness. So, uh, ladies first, or orange cardamom. By ladies first, I meant all of you. Just dig in. Let's just see what we have. To to borrow from the colonel that it's finger licking good, while Kenneth is indulging in his second wing. It literally is finger looking good. We've been I wish I was recording as you were tasting because you all made the yummy sound. Oh, the lip smacking's amazing. It's so good. Orange it's cardamom. delicious. I love, I was so excited to eat this. I love cardamom, and it's, but it's better than I expected it to be. It's even better than I expected it to be. And there's like the wonderful little sweetness. We were just saying like, what is the orange? It's like an orange marmalade almost with the cardamom. Nice, well-cooked, super juicy wings. Kenneth is still licking his fingers. Yes. They're amazing. They're delicious. I can't imagine anything's better than that. Five across the board? It's a five. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's for wings, it's a five. And I think even among the festival foods, yeah. it's a five. It's Have you guys had the peanut butter wings here yeah. before? Yeah, peanut butter and jelly The peanut butter. It almost sounds like it's a goo for something for kids. They're actually really tasty, too. Like, we didn't get them again because we're trying to hit some of the new things. But I think, like, I'll, you know, we'll get to the other ones. But the wings here, they work. Like, they're good wings just in general. I think the orange cardamom does what the peanut butter and jelly wing was trying to do even better. I mean, there are different flavors, but like this, like we, were, like I was saying, I was trying to figure out what the orange was, and you said it's just orange marmalade. It's that rich orange, but then it also has the cardamom. The peanut butter and jelly was good, but this is like spot on. It's funny because as you're talking, I'm watching Kenneth's eyes look to yours and then down at the wing again. Like there's one wing left, and <laughs> Kenneth is wondering, yes, you are more than, I mean, unless you want to fight well, Jason's so much here to try. I think we should, I should pace myself. All right, let's, we'll have that wing while we're cutting into the impossible buffalo chicken tenders, plant-based blue cheese, plant-based ranch, and celery. First things first, for in, you get one, two, three, look about six wings here. For, for the buffalo, you get one, two, three, four sort of large, tender size, obviously boneless pieces. And two big pieces. Of and two big pieces of celery. So there's one for each of us, so dig in. So... I. <clears throat> it's it's. <laughs> I'm getting a little verklempt. It's obviously like there's legitimate spice on it. I'm not normally somebody who defaults to impossible, but I really like the flavor and I really like the texture of it too. 
and I like the fact that there's a level of heat, so you get, you know, it's not sort of, we were sort of talking about, like, Disney heat, like, there's legit heat. No, it's good heat, It's and if you are familiar with the Morningstar buffalo wings, it's, they're, these are better than those and a little spicier than those, but it's, these are really good, delicious. Yeah, I mean, it's just a very solid buffalo chicken tender that happens to be meatless. Like, it's, it's delicious. Like, I wouldn't know that it was impossible unless you told me. Like, I think it's, because sometimes the non-meat meats, there's a texture issue, which I don't find here. Have you ever had a Burger King chicken sandwich? Oh, I love those. When That's I was a kid. This is, with, uh, this is the Burger King chicken sandwich with buffalo sauce. That's it. That's why I loved it. When I was a kid, I yeah. was like, oh, we got to go to Burger King. <laughs> I haven't had one of those in years. You're 100%, right? That's what it is. I, I do. I dig it. I, I really like that one. Like, I would come back and get it again, which is why I ordered it, even after having tried it before. Quick rating? Um, Three. I'll give it a three. It, I mean, it's good, but it's not like a... It's not your favorite. If I you really want to say two, two and a half. I, yeah. No, I mean, it's good. If, if I was here on a plant-based diet yeah. and I was looking for something good, it's delicious. It's just It just tastes like a buffalo wing to me, which is usually more than... I, I'm usually looking for something a little bit more different if I'm here, but if you're plant-based and you want something good, it tastes delicious. But this is nice because it's not just plant-based for plant-based sake. It's, yeah. it's a legitimate contender with the other items on the menu and for people who are you know plant based it's this is a really really not like don't miss this don't miss this yeah I'd say two and a half <laughs> and the celery we didn't no one no, ate the celery nobody ate the celery because that's yeah that's silly um, yeah I, I mean I like it like I said I I'd some I, I rate it a little bit higher I, I think I'm more like a, in the three and a half kind of range but if you thought the buffalo impossible tender was spicy you need to try the unnecessarily spicy yet extremely tasty scotch bonnet pepper curry wing with cool cucumber yogurt. You can almost see as you look at it, like, you know, you know there's going to be some, some heat on here. It's like, mission, it's like mission space orange. That kid just had a taste. He yeah. just had a taste. <laughs> Do not feed this to your kids. Mission space for sure. And what you're saying, this is the uh, intense training option. It's a pretty angry-looking curry. I thought that the yogurt was going to be on the side so you could, like, dip it to cut the heat, but it's just sort of drizzle on top so you don't really have enough control over where the yogurt it's is. It's like having one lifeboat on the Titanic. <laughs> this, is not, this is not recommended. So we did get a little extra side of ranch sauce just in case. All right. Bon appetit. You were going to go for the little Of course one. I am. Are you more of a, is it, are you a wing guy or a drumstick guy? I'm a wing guy. I like wings. I like the flats. I like a drum. You like a drum? I'm going to hold off because I want to sort of capture the initial reaction as it's happening. <laughs> Lisa just walked away. <laughs> Is it outrageous? I'm afraid of it, honestly. I'm not afraid of anything. You're my hero. I am afraid of this. Let's see. Sweet mother. Oh, good. Oh, really good. Oh. Wow. It's, it's legit spicy curry good. We definitely need more yogurt, though. I can see why you would like this, because you like bad Indian food. <laughs> if, you are, if you are from India and you're used to eating real spicy Indian food, like if you go into an Indian place and you tell them to make it hot and you like it, 
then you're going to love this. So I, I, can I think feel that, it in my face. Yeah. I can feel my I, Oh, we can see it in your face. I think that this serves two purposes. I think that one, it's like the pickle milkshake. It's the, oh, let's taste it and see how spicy it really is and record our ribs. But I think for people that want that extreme-ish level of heat, you have that option here. And, and there's a lot of people. I mean, he went in for a second one. It's good. I, but it is... um. It's a rolling intensity, so there's the heat is on the yeah, finish, and it'll light you up <laughs> after you're finished eating it, like it's done to me right now. And you can't get enough yogurt sauce for these. You know what you can do to wash milk. that down with? Milk. How about a little pickle milkshake? Yeah, it, it's need. by design. So here you go. There you go. I'm gonna let you. Oh, we're sharing one straw, which is. Oh my god, that's amazing. That's delicious. That is, wow. It's like McDonald's vanilla milkshake and the fried pickles had a baby. It's so good. It's like it wow. shouldn't work, but oh, it kind of does. It's delicious. I love it. Do you? I do. I really like it. I'm not, I'm not getting a lot of pickle. I'm getting more milkshake. Which is not the worst thing in the right. world. Not no, having the more pickle in your milkshake is not... I was braced for a lot more dill. It's delicious. Also, it doesn't hurt that my mouth is on fire. Right, right it's now. A, you're eating it at the right time. Okay, that is not a pickle milkshake. <laughs> it's just called pickle. It has a little salt. That is just a really good sweet milkshake with a salty after, which is great. It is fantastic milkshake. It does not taste like pickles. I sort of get a little pickle on the. It's this tastes different than the first one I had. This tastes less pickly, like on the tongue, as it does on the finish. Like I get that little like dilly flavor at the end, but less pickly than it was the first time I had it. I was sipping it again to see if the wing was making me taste it less. Maybe a little bit. It's not much. It tastes. It tastes a lot like a green vanilla milkshake. It's delicious. It is really good. It is really good. There's no pickle in it at all. It's green. It makes you think about pickles, but. A little rum? Oh, it'd be yeah, so good. good. Oh, it'd be so good. We do not recommend bringing your own rum into the no, parks, by the way. But I wonder if they would ever do like a sort of an alcoholic version for people that want to... They need to. Next year, they need to. Yeah, like the green milk. Yeah. Like you can get tequila in the green milk. You can get that green Take a sip of the frozen fusion as the final... I'm going to recommend the pickle milkshake. Wow. Yeah, it's good. Throw some, uh, throw some numbers on the brewing lab, maybe just a- as a whole, or, or the individual wing. Like a one to five rating? Yeah, I'm going to say a solid four. Overall? Yeah, overall, a solid four, yes. And it, air conditioning takes it to a five. And yeah, absolutely. And the bathrooms here are better than anyone else. And the Muppet overlay was and unexpected. If you are, if you belong to a fraternity or a sorority, and you're looking for a hazing event, you can bring them here. Lou Mangiello and WWE does not endorse the concept of hazing and mm-hmm. any and all. Mm-hmm. There's a disclaimer on the site. A four for sure. It's got a lot of really good food, but then also like there's like theming in here. It's like a whole experience, a brewing experience, if you will. So I love the the Muppet overlay. I love that it's fun and festive and there's cool little Easter eggs happening all the time. Yes, the fact that you're in air conditioning. But I like the fact that I think there's something for everybody on the menu. Even if you're not a chicken wing person or if you are, are vegetarian, you have the plant-based option. But the levels of intensity from sweetness to super spicy 
It does. It sort of runs a, a really wide gamut. So I think that I, I, I think I would give this this experience overall a four and a half for the brewing lab as a whole. I don't think that's unfair at all. Plus, you add in the AC. Perfect. This and actually, we just sipped the frozen fusion. The frozen fusion for the first time. We had a little trouble getting it up the straw. This is delightful. Mm-hmm. This is and on a hot summer or October day, that's really nice. What are the flavors infused here? It's uh, Twining's pomegranate and raspberry herbal tea. Fused with orange ice cream molecules. Yeah, the molecules are really good. Which are they're sort like, of like um, dots. the dots, dipping like dots. dots. Yeah. Like, but these are dots that are healthy because they're made from fruit. So I like this better than the cucumber milkshake in the summer. And I in like the pickle the cucumber milkshake. milkshake. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever it is. It's not pickles. But whatever this was, I like this better. It's light and it's refreshing and it's a nice sort of walk around summery drink. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pick up a milkshake in the middle of the day usually, no matter. I mean, if I was here on vacation and just wanted a treat, the pickle milkshake is delicious. But you can't go wrong with either one with these wings. Because if you're eating a hot wing, these drinks are so perfect. Both of which come, by the way, in souvenir cups. Plastic souvenir cups that are easier to transport back home, too. We haven't used the R word yet on this review, but it's refreshing. And while dodging the rain inside of Starbucks, we just ran into my new dear friend, Joanna, from Long Island. Good to see you. Very good to see you, too. You have been doing Epcot right. You came here for food and wine. Tell me what is the best thing that you ate on your journey around the world. Oh, you can't go wrong with Ireland. We love the fisherman seafood pie. That was amazing. Which is wonderful on a really hot day in, in August exactly. in Florida. So why not go for it? It was uh, delicious. We love uh, chicken tikka masala was delicious. We love the bao buns. I mean, uh, so the bao buns, I think, are new this year. I think we're going to hit the, we're about to make our way out. We're going to hit the bao buns. Yeah. We're going to have to hit India. In- yeah. uh, my husband's favorite is the lamb chops from Australia. Australia. Yeah. That's always like a returning favorite for a yeah, lot of people. Again, it could cool down a little bit more. Maybe maybe we're ready yeah. for the lamb. And, uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with uh, almost anything. What would you wash it down with? Uh, Cooper's beer in Australia is good. Uh, the flights in Germany, very good. Um, we love, oh, my gosh. I, oh, well, we went to a regular uh, Rose and uh, Crown, and we had uh, a snake bite. Okay. That was delicious. Uh, We're bonding because you love everything. So you're yeah, doing it's <laughs> hard. It's hard to pick something. We just, we love food, so we love everything. We're big foodies, like yourself. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, to get out and do it. It's so nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. This is a pleasure, a real pleasure. Our journey around the world takes us to China, where there are three things on the menu. The pan-fried chicken dumplings are back once again. The Don Don noodles, which is a spicy pork with Sichuan sauce and peanut butter and sesame, which I've loved in the past. And new this year is the crispy duck bao bun with hoisin sauce. It comes in at 825. It is a single bao bun with a piece of duck in it. And I know duck is not everybody's sort of cup of duck. I actually it's really my enjoy it. favorite meat other than beef. Yeah? I love duck. Have you been to China? Have you actually been, not to China, the pavilion, China, the country? No, I haven't. I'd oh. love to go. We need to, we need to go from here to China and actually having like real like Peking duck in Beijing. I love um, duck. Look, I dig me a good bao bun, so, and I'm intrigued with the idea of duck. I dig duck as well. So, um, as they say in China, dig in. All right. 
it's I'm pretty sure the same as the as the crispy duck bao bun appetizer in Nine Dragons, but you get more. You should get a lot more with that, but it's more expensive. I think it's like eighteen dollar appetizer, and you get like four different bao. This is tasty. Mm, really good. Yeah. And there's no gaminess to the duck at all. Like if you didn't sort of know it was duck, you almost wouldn't be able to tell that it's duck. Yeah, I can be a little funny about duck and this is it's not greasy at all it actually had a little bit of the skin on it which i was thought it might make it a little greasy but it's not at all it's delicious and the bow is really fluffy and like we were saying like the hoisin on it is really good if you're a fan of like mushu from like a chinese spot like you would love this it's that same kind of like sweet and salty vibe skin is the best part yeah so this is duck breast um which is probably why you're finding it a little more mild this is the there's not much to eat on a duck. Um, it's really just the legs and thighs and then a tiny bit of meat on the breast, and that's what this is. It's very, very, very good. Yeah. I like the sweet hoisin sauce on it, too. I think there's nothing. It's, it's a super accessible, easy dish. Um, like everything on here, other than the Don Don noodles can be a little bit spicy. Is it, is it spicy or am I reactivating the curry from the wing? You still have some wing on your face from before. <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't find it. I don't find it spicy at all. I actually find it a little sweet, which is which is why it was nice. And sometimes too with bao, the bao can sometimes overpower because it's just so much sort of like heavy doughiness and, and not like this at all. I like this. I would go. My first inclination was to give it like a four, but I want to sort of give room for others. I'd give it a three eight five. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna run. To this booth specifically, yeah. but it's tasty. It's the same thing. I, I would give it a three and a half. It's delicious, but it's not like something I would specifically come here for, only because you can get it. It's not that unique, but it's delicious. It's a nice new addition to the booth. Yeah, I would go three and a half on this. It's better to me than the uh, chimichurri thing that we had earlier from... Uh, the you got to let it go, man. You got to use it. It's better than that, but yeah. It's good. Still, Kenneth is very bitter about all the accessories on his on his Jimmy Cherry. The accoutrements are really annoying him tonight. It was too much. That's all I'm saying. As we continue to circle the promenade, we've made our way from China to India, where I don't believe any of this is new this year, but it's sort of new to us. We didn't actually hit India last time, and it may be due to what I like to refer to as the incident a number of years ago. We're literally at the same table where many festivals ago there was a bit of a disagreement, refresh our recollection, a bit of a disagreement in terms of India and its offerings. Well, you know, I have to say, Lou, I'm already off to a little bit of a shaky start because the music here in India is exactly the same as it was in China. So I'm wondering just how realistic this experience is, is bound to be. That's all I'm saying. Well, as, as our listeners may remember, one of us enjoyed the India offerings and another one, another person didn't really have much nice things to so say. So who, who was it that enjoyed India? I enjoyed it thoroughly, with the caveat being that it wasn't like the most authentic version of it, but I felt I found it very accessible from an Indian food perspective. And in terms of who may have not enjoyed it as much, I mean, without sort of naming names, but by name? It, it, it rhymes with Misa. I love good Indian food. I do. 
But I try to be honest, and I have not in the past loved the offerings at this particular booth because I don't think that they've tasted very good. Well, I think this is good, and this is look. This is why I love to do the reviews live, like unedited, unscripted. You, let's see if India, in your mind, eyes, heart, and little tummy, has redeemed itself. Jason's already dancing. He's dancing like Tickle Me Elmo, if you remember that far back. Because you, like, you, um, <laughs> you like India a lot. This was like, you were, like, very high on us coming back to India. Oh, yeah, yeah, This is all good. The smosa's good. The, uh... They don't. They don't say it's paneer, but it is a curry spice crispy cheese. is a is a it's a fried paneer, and then there's the chicken tikka masala, which is probably my least favorite of the favorites. Um, but tikka masala again is in terms of accessible Indian food. I think for a lot of people, tikka masala is the entry point into dipping your toe into the waters. It's the gateway yeah. Indian food. Yes. Same thing with samosas. Like, I like oh, yeah. a really nice potato pea samosa, which can be a little spicy, right? I think sometimes that's where Indian food potentially frightens people because it sort of has a reputation of being spicy. Or if you don't like curry, there's a lot of sort of curry-based flavors. Uh, I'm really intrigued to try the curry-spiced crispy cheese with mango curry ketchup. Mm-hmm. They look like little... They look like little mozzarella sticks. I mean, yeah. there's no yeah. other way to describe them. So why don't we start, we why don't we start there? Mm-hmm. Dip ladies first, please. Mm-hmm. Plus, we want to capture the reaction just as a. I'm going to try it first without any of the ketchup. They need to be hot. They need to be warmer. They're not as warm as they usually are, because when you get them sort of fresh out, uh, fresh out of the fryer, they're still a little soft inside too. The paneer's softer inside, and you get a little more crunch with it. And these maybe have been sitting under not under a heat lamp for a bit. But this that for me the star here is actually the the curry ketchup. Mm-hmm. I love that curry ketchup. Is that Havarti cheese? No. What is it? Okay. It's fine. <laughs> it looks like a French toast stick. Uh-huh. That's what it looks like. And it's sort of like it's like a mozzarella stick made with paneer, I guess. I mean it's 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 like a dense, it's like a very dense very mozzarella dense. stick. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, which in terms of, it's a very easy dish, right? This, There's nothing spicy to it. There's nothing, if you want to say I ate Indian food, this is the one, this is the item to get. And kids would like this, but yeah. it's not, it's it's not as good as last year, but I have a feeling it's because of the the temperature. We're also outside, like in the, in the immediate post-rain as, as we're walking around. So yeah, it might have, I, I think it's, I mean, it's a... I think if you have kids, it's a great thing. It's if you want to sort of walk around and share something snackable, that's it. I probably wouldn't come back specifically for this. So, Given the choice between this and the fried pickles, if you just wanted a little something right. fried to nosh on, I think the fried pickles are like a no-brainer. Yeah, right. This is like a one and a half. These are fine. Yeah. They're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. I think, you know, the fried pickles were much better. Yeah. But these are good. They're fine. Yeah. I agree. There's nothing wrong with them, but it's you're right. I wouldn't come back for it. So we're going to go into... The uh, potato and pea samosas. These are covered in a coriander lime cream. They're they're in sort of like three D triangles, about the size of maybe a little bit smaller than baseball size. Mm-hmm. And these, I believe, came in at five fifty. This is for me. This is a really good deal because the the you know samosa. They're large samosa. They're not like little cocktail samosas. 
And so it, you could one person could get this, and you would be full off of these two samosa. That's how that's how much is going on inside of here. What do you guys think? Yeah. Okay. I have to admit, this is good, and it doesn't even have any meat in it. It's not vegan. I, I don't think it's vegan, but it would be vegetarian, yeah? It would be vegetarian. Yeah, Actually, it, it has a little leaf next to it, so that yeah, means so it's... The cream, the cream must be something that's plant, plant-based plant or friendly, but this is, this, is light, this is lovely. Um, it has the teeniest bit of heat, like the tiniest bit of heat. I mean, don't avoid it for that reason at all, but it does have the like a pepper, almost like a little bit of pepper. Which on. is why I like it. Like, I was afraid, because a lot of times samosas will have a bit of heat to it, and I was afraid it might have been toned down it's not there's just enough sort of sitting on your tongue that leaves this like residual flavor that i really that's really good i like that a lot yeah thank goodness something's good here oh look we've come together over india (laughs) finally hug it out you really need to hug it out with jason and and india no love lost but it's no that's really good it has a nice amount of heat on it the sauce is delicious that's great you heard it yeah i would come back for that i would come back and get one of those as i'm wandering around how much was that Five fifty. That's a good deal. Right? Yeah, yeah, I would definitely, I would eat it again. And this, I think it was, it's close to, if not the same price as last year. So, don't tell anybody about it, the value, but it's. I'll delete this part. Yeah. yeah, no, I really dig that. I'd give that a. It was I might give that a four cats. and a half. Oh. Yeah. 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 I, I really liked it. You know it was what? better than cats. <laughs> the it's, movie or the original play. I would see it again it, and again. It's like the utility infielder of the festival food, right? If you you just need a quick stop, there's not usually a long line. You just need something quick. You know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be consistent. The samosa is a good a good pick. And the samosa, where you get two of them, was less than the single. I mean, again, it included duck, but it was less than the bao bun, which came in at eight plus. Moving on to the tikka masala with a fennel spice yogurt and non bread. This comes in a bowl with a bed of rice and I, I remember there being two or three pieces of warm pita in there which are not there anymore because I turned my head away for a second a little piece of uh, non, non. Oh, sorry non it's um it takes a bit of the rice it's not the Ben's original rice this year at least not that's not how they're marketing it so I'm interested in tasting the rice Better than in years past. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't come here for this tikka masala. Yeah. Oh, it's got some nice heat, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It's it's much better. It's significantly better than it was in years past. This, the heat on this, this is how the wings should have been in the brewing for the for the curry wings. This is just the right amount of heat. But remember, they're marketed as being, you know, ridiculous. I'm sorry, they are unnecessarily spicy. Yeah. I, I, you know, I would say I agree with Disney. They are unnecessarily <laughs> spicy, and it, and I think you'll sell more if it wasn't as spicy. But this, this is tasty. This is good. The, I don't love this rice. I didn't spit it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the I rice is the really the sort of problem with a lot of these kinds of dishes because you know it is what it is. But it's it's not the best rice, and a lot of times the rice the rice is what makes no, a meal like no, this. Terrible. The samosa the was yeah, the hit. No, the samosa. Samosa is a star. Yeah. Samosa is the star. I wish I had not tried this after the samosa. I think that's part of the problem. I like the fl- the problem is I like the flavor of the tikka masala in my mouth, but it, it doesn't seem to, the dish doesn't come together, and the, the flavors sort of blend into each other the way I would have liked. 
Um, not a lot of chicken. I mean, and, and I'm sure every portion is different, but like the one that we got in particular, like protein-wise, there wasn't a lot of chicken in it. So the sauce tastes like a better recipe than what we've had in the past, but there's just not much to the dish. How much was This it? is six twenty-five. Um, I mean, you get, you know, it's a nice portion for what you get. I think if you want to be, I look at this as I want to try tikka masala for the first time. You can sort of see how the flavor sits with you. It's not the best tikka masala that I've ever had, certainly by far. But it, it's it's fine. I give the I give the tikka two two and a half. I give the samosas four and a half, and I give the um, I would give the cheese. It's almost like it do not it did not finish. Like it didn't yeah. it doesn't even count. It was almost like we have to come back and try it again at some point. I'll buy because because this is just not a good showing. Right. But the samosa come back for the samosa, without a doubt. I would have, like I would come back again and eat the samosa. The other stuff I could skip. Yeah, for sure. Samosas, I would give like a four. The chicken, I might give like a two-ish. And then the cheese fries, the same. But, you know, maybe they're usually better. Yeah, I think as we start, when we sort of circle back around at the end, we have to remember the samosas as being one of the best of the best of the new items. Yeah. Moving on. So as we continue down the promenade and pass the oh-so-very-long line for one Joey Fatone... He packs a crowd every single time he is here. Uh, we come to Flavors of America, which is new on in the Passport, because I think it's not just a new name for this marketplace, but all of the food this year is new. There's an Italian hot beef sandwich with shaved beef, spicy gardiniere, uh, au jus on a French roll, cipino, which is a seafood stew with saffron-infused tomato fennel broth and crostini, chilaquiles, which are corn tortilla chips, Tossed in salsa verde with ranchero cream, queso fresco, cilantro lime crema, and a soft poached egg. And the freshly baked carrot cake with walnut and cream cheese icing. I believe they've had carrot cake in the past, but it didn't look like that. It didn't look like an actual... Uh, it looks like the size of a Drake's coffee cake, but just smothered in cream cheese icing. Don't touch it. It's not. You can't have your dessert until you eat your meat. You can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. Uh, I think we should just go right down the uh, the line. But first things first, we eat with our eyes. Kenneth wants to eat with his stomach. But what do you think of, of the presentation and how everything looks? I think it looks great, especially this, uh, what is this? The Chapino. Chapino. That looks fantastic the way it's presented. Like America itself, there's a little bit of a... I like that Flavors of America is not seafood from the Northeast. Like, it's a little bit of, there's a Southwest, there's a Northeast um, sort of sprinkling of, of items on the menu. Yeah, we've had not the best experiences here in the past, but like Lou said, this is a totally new booth in name, and the food is all brand new. The chilaquiles looks so good. There's a poached egg on top that looks like it's so ready to be cut, cut into and put all over the rest of the food um the sandwich looks great and yeah this um what is it called the chiopino chiopino um it's like looks like a bowl of seafood like a seafood pot um, it's a tomato broth as opposed to like the white cream based um stew which a few years ago was not we, we did not love the offerings in the american adventure this looks really good i the chip i was really upset when the chilaquiles was not on the menu in mexico and then to see it here, it's like an old friend. But this is presented completely different. It's a very different style, and it looks delicious. It's in a bowl with a, and a, a really big portion, too. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. All of the portions are 
are significant. This isn't like these aren't like little snack size uh, portions here. These are these are a lot for one. If you were just coming alone, one dish would be enough. All right, let's, let's sort of make our way. Uh, let's go right through Falcon's Maze and start at the top with the Italian beef sandwich. Right. Kenneth, you've been eyeing that, so it's winking at me. See what we got. So, and it comes with the side of au jus, and it's sort of on a, a very small French roll, maybe a five-inch or so French-style roll. So I can tell it's good already because the au jus is dripping down Kenneth's chin, which you know is a sign of a really good sandwich from the Northeast. Spicy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there are... You, a little caveat, there are diced jalapenos in here, and they are not cooked, so they are hot. Uh, if you get one little square of jalapeno, it can change your day. I'm unfazed after the curry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all in all, I, I think, what do you think? It's fine. It's, yeah. it's, there's a lot of bread, and the meat was tasty. I think, I think the accoutrements are too much. I think it's, I don't know, I... Yeah, it. there is a lot of bread, and the bread's a little dry, honestly. That's what the dip is for. But if it weren't for that, I think you'd say this was dry, so make sure you dip it. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's fine. Um, the bread-to-meat ratio is, like, a little bit off, and I guess by dipping it, you kind of condense the bread. But it's, it's not the best. I admittedly got one of those pieces of jalapeno in my bite, and it kind of just knocked the wind out of me, and I didn't really taste much else. Um, I'm excited to try everything else. This is the thing I was least excited about. The au jus is nice. I just yeah, had a little sip is. of it on its own, and, and that's actually really nice. So it's the, the, the sauce is really is really delicious. Um, I think it's I, for me, it's the bread. I think the bread is just not standing up with all of it. I don't think you did. I mean, I, I don't think... Like, you've got to dip it in there. Like, you got to let it in, and you got to let it soak, soak it to, to the point. It's like a Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Like, you, the bread is almost sort of a, a vehicle. This is sort of get the, get the other stuff in your mouth. I think there is a lot of it, but once you dip it in there, it takes a little away. Um, like, coming from the Northeast, like, I've had, like, a, these types of sandwiches before. I think it's, it's, it's like a three. I think I'd probably give it a three. But if and if you just try and eat it without dipping in the au jus, it's going to taste like a very dry, you know. It's not like if you go to like, um, you know, and get it like an Italian hoppy sandwich where they literally, oftentimes, they take the whole thing and they dip it in the jus. Have you That'd been be to? Um, to it's like an, a Portillo's, like an Italian beef sandwich where they'll actually take it and they'll like dip the whole thing in the jus. Again, yeah, not a first date food, but. It's the way yeah, it's supposed to be. That would be the way to go with this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard to dip this because there's a lot of stuff on top of the sandwich, so when you dip it, it all falls off. So It's yeah. okay. Jason just started drinking the jus. So. I did. I did. Alright, move on to the, the seafood stew, the chipino with the tomato fennel broth. You see that there's a couple of large shrimp, scallops, uh, clams, mussels, um, and a couple of pieces of like a, a crostini bread. So Jason, you took the first bite and you made the yummy sound. Oh, it's it's delicious, and this and the tomato broth is almost like a tomato soup. Um, not taste, but the consistency. The flavors are great. It's it's perfectly salted. Um, everything is balanced. The bread is just soaking up the sauce perfectly. The mussels are good. The it was, I don't know what the fish was. There was a fish in there. Some some white fish. I don't know what that was, but it was great. Uh, everything's good. 
This is delicious. I don't know how they're mass producing something this good that's seafood, but yeah, like Jason said, it's like almost like a, not quite a marinara sauce consistency, but like a really thick tomato soup kind of consistency. And then you've got the crostini and all of the seafood. I had a shrimp and some of the others, and it's cooked beautifully. Yeah, and again, the portion size here and what what's in it, the shrimp and scallops, this is not, you know, inexpensive ingredients, and there's a lot of it here. So this comes in at seven fifty. Um, this is the one that I was most sort of concerned about, just based on the seafood stews that we've had in the past. It's a warm day in, in the end of August. You're right. It's not. It's not quite. It's not a tomato sauce, and it's not like a tomato, like liquid. Like it's like a tomato stew almost. Um, really, really impressed with with the flavor. The fish is cooked really well because again, sometimes if it sits in the stew, it can get oily, it can sort of be falling apart. Even the scallops, which there's like a small make-or-break window that the scallop gets either too hard or too chewy. The textures were great. Um, the chapino is a, is, a, is a huge surprise. And like even the size of the shrimp that the two vultures went in and got first, by the way. Just, just whatever. Um, I think Lisa ate both of them. Were um, really nice size, really nice size shrimp uh, as well. Um, this one ranks really high for me, and I, and I wasn't expecting it. And I'll take a little bite the of the. the this, this comes in at seven fifty, and the chilaquiles are six seventy five. Well, we haven't had the chilaquiles yet, but the, the seven fifty is like, to me. It's like this is a good deal. And both of these are bountiful portions mm-hmm. for sure. And the beef, I'm sorry, the beef was six twenty five. So get a spoon also, in addition to a fork when you're having the chipino. Uh, yeah. sure. You want to yeah. eat that sauce. You want to know, keep dipping the, the, the just keep dipping that bread in. That's the way to do it. So good. So we got every food item at this booth, all three savory dishes and then the carrot cake dessert, and the total was $25, which I think, like, you could, I mean, the four of us could probably sit here and have a healthy, heavy appetizer level meal. Yeah, this is a great, great value. Yeah, surprisingly very, very impressed, especially in in past years. We were just talking with one of the chefs who we've known from the past, and Wish he was still here to tell him just how well this uh, this meal rates. All right, while it's still warm, let's go toward the to the American South and Southwest and the big bowl of chilaquiles um, and break up that egg. Break up that egg and let it do its thing. So I haven't even tried it yet, and I'm and I'm hearing all kinds of noises and sounds and stuff. This is out of nowhere. Like. This is delicious. It, the, the poached egg is so good. The chicken has such good flavor. I mean, so the, it's definitely like reminiscent of something that you would get at the Mexico booth. Um, but it's, it's more Southwest. This is delicious. And the, is what is that, like a chip? I don't the, care. Yeah, it's a tortilla. <laughs> it's a tortilla chip. Um, and there's a salsa verde in it. And the one thing I would say is I wish the poached egg had been uh, more runny, but still the flavor profile in here is amazing. It's really good. I also wish we had tried this first while it was still really hot. Well, I'm actually I'm actually glad that we waited because I feel like letting the tortilla chips get a little soggy actually made it better. It's a little easier to eat without having to like I don't know make a mess with the chips. This is amazing. I, if, it, if it was just me eating alone, I would be whipping this up all together, stirring it all up and getting the flavors all mixed you know up. I think so good. I think the move here would be to ask for the chips on the side and dip those chips in there while they're crispy. I don't know. 
I'd rather have a crispy like chip, I think. That's but this the is way it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. This is delicious. Oh. To me, it's the soggy chip that makes it. It's like yeah. you know when a tor- like a thick tortilla chip sits in its sauce like for a certain amount of time and it becomes like this like crunchy but soft. That's what the, it's like a pile of that with this really good chicken on top. Mm. And I mean, it's not an extremely runny yolk, but it's uh, I can't even poach one egg well at home. So the fact like that they're cranking it's like a soft-boiled egg. Yeah, it's a soft-boiled egg, which is exactly what it's supposed to be. Poaching eggs is a little delicate of an operation for a venue like this, so I don't. I'm not going to give them really low marks for that, but it, it was delicious. So there's a ton of chicken on there, first and foremost, right? You talked about your feelings earlier about the, the taco that had too much, uh, too many accessories inside. This is filled with chicken. I absolutely love that queso fresco and that chili lime crema, sorry, the, the cilantro lime crema. It's not spicy at all. So there's no issues in terms of levels of spice. Really, like, that is a dish that, again, you like you said, you would imagine it being served in the Mexico booth. I love the fact that America's embracing yeah. sort of all these different flavors. That's killer. That's, that's really killer. It, before you eat it, stir it up. Because there's the salsa verde on one side, and then there's um, cilantro all in one spot. And then you've got that poached egg sitting up on top. I think you kind of have to eat around it to get all the flavors. So I'd suggest kind of mixing it up a little bit before you start. Yeah, so there's a salsa verde, a queso fresco, and a cilantro lime crema, and the soft poached egg, like, all in here. It blends together seamlessly, but like Kenneth said, I guess it's it's in different parts of the dish, so kind of mix up your bites, but... This is a major, major standout for me. And it's definitely more Southwestern than Mexican. Like, it doesn't, it tastes like a Southwestern oh, dish. Yeah, this, is this is one of the best things I've eaten. It's a five. That's my first five. Like, it's a five no matter what comes after. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is a surprise, a really pleasant surprise. It's really good. I, I do say, though, I, I, I think you do let it sit for a little bit and let it get a little yeah. soft, and then you eat it. And don't go in while I think it's. that salsa is in the pot. So two pavilions that we had low expectations so for today. It's okay. It's beer. That's all right. It's America. I should have beer running down my leg. She wore just as much as you did, so it's all right. Yeah, I, I think two pavilions that we had low expectations for today got on the board with India with that samosa and this. This is... Yeah. America, you... Um, you, you outdid yourself this year. I mean, really sort of the best of what they've had in festivals in recent year memory. Like, I don't remember being this impressed with an item at, at an American, at, at a festival in, in the America Pavilion as I have been with that. They've tried a lot recently. Last year we were talking, I think it was last year, that they did a booth outside and then they also did something indoors, like where um, Voices of Liberty normally sings in the rotunda and yeah I mean there's been stuff that's fine but this is fantastic and not only is it really good but it's like a lot of times you eat something here and you're like well it tastes good but I could get it anywhere and it's six seventy-five. like I would come back specifically to eat that under seven bucks that's a great great value like anywhere that's a great value especially in Disney um, but let's wash it down with a little bit of uh, a little bit of carrot cake I'll just lick the beer off your leg <laughs> dollar seventy-five, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go. You know what? I'm, I take that back. I'm gonna have one more. Like, I don't want to let any of this chili keep. It's a really big portion, too, by the way. 
the carrot cake. Ooh. Hashtag not a sweets guy. I really like the the density of the carrot cake. That you said it's filled with stuff, right? You can taste the nuts in every bite. The cream cheese frosting is sweet, but not overly so. That it always powers. And there's that little hint of like spice. There's like a fall spice that's sort of sitting in my mouth that I really, really like the flavor of. Yeah, it definitely has an autumn vibe. It's about the size of like a healthy hockey puck. As opposed to a sickly hockey puck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's in like a pool of the icing. The icing to me is a little sweet, but you can kind of, you know, take more or less as you see fit. And it's almost. By the way, Jason just literally licked a giant wad of it off of his fingers. It's like the stuff you get, like, you know, in the um, tube with the grams, like the cinnamon rolls that you put. It's better than that. (laughs) The cream cheese one, not the regular one. No, it's really good. And, like, it's almost like it's better than a fruitcake, but it's, like, that full of stuff. You know, it's like. What I really like is the pecans in it. Um, And, you know, I eat a lot. I'm, I'm from the South, so I eat a lot of Southern cakes. And this one. I would put with the best of them. Honestly, I could just keep eating them. This is great. My eyes are bugging out my... Because he, you are. You're the southern pie guy. Like, we have this on record. You love your southern pies. Talking about a cake in Disney from the festival that's holding its own. It's really, really good. And in the the previous years, this was... I I didn't have this at all because it was almost like a store-bought type of cake. This is totally the opposite. It, it, it tastes like somebody cared about what they were doing. Was it last year that it was a prepackaged? Yeah, it was like there was that. some sort of item that was prepackaged that is, at this. That, is, that like cookie. Well, it was like that. Yeah. It was a cake. I don't remember what it was, but it was. Doesn't it say baked fresh in in the name it of does, it? But that doesn't always. Mean but fresh. I know. But it is. It, it is. Yeah, you can tell the difference, and the ingredients are fresh in it. Um, it's really good. It I, holds up to the icing like I think in past years it's almost like melted in and been like wet with the icing but this is like a dense cake that has the icing poured over it so it's yeah it's this is really 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 good. I want you to close your eyes and just take this little journey with me I want you to imagine it's like mid-November you're sitting on your couch got your little blankie on you have a warm piece of this carrot cake and like a nice cup of coffee Tell me that's not that's not an American adventure right there. I think we need to arrange a service <laughs> that could provide that. So if only if only there was a Luber Eats. Can I do that as an event? Like we just get couches and blankets and coffee. That would be e ticket, my friend. That would be e ticket. My brain is going like, how can I work this into an? Yeah, I, wow. Um, Flavors of America, like knocked it out of the park. So, so far, if I was to plan the perfect day at the festival, it would be the two dishes we've just had. Yeah. The last two we've just had. Also, we're in this beautiful, like, covered area behind where the booth is um, with people buzzing about. It's a nice space to be in if it's raining or a little bit hot. Yeah, this booth came out of nowhere and hit it out of the park. And mind you, it's 97 degrees. It's incredibly humid. In a month or two when it's cooler, this is going to taste even better. Well, not these particular dishes, but you mean getting it? Getting this, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's. I, I can't say enough good things about it, and we've already said a lot. I would get. I would get another one of these. Like I know we have more to do. 
that's that good. Even if my, even if I was full, I'd win another chilaquiles. That's how good this is. So good. So the chilaquiles and the carrot cake and then the chipino is next. The, the, the sandwich is probably, you know, if you had to sort of rank it, yeah. But you can get those other three and just, I mean, that's it. That's your meal right there. So, so far our reviews have been a tribute to all nations, but mostly American. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, very, very impressed with, um, with Flavors of America. And we're going to leave here and head to my favorite pavilion. So let's see, uh, let's see if Japan is a... It's, that's what's hard about doing these reviews, right? Because as time goes on, and it's sort of this roller coaster of flavors and emotions, and then as you start to get more full, it's hard for certain things to really... That, that's what I mean. I think that's why it's even more impressive, because we've eaten a lot, and this is such a standout. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, I came in so hungry, so the first few dishes had a little bit of, a, of an advantage. This is all just because it tastes good. Making our way to Japan, you may or may not be able to hear the ambient sounds of Joey Fatone in concert in Tokyo in the background, but we decided to try two of the new items this year and wash it down with a sake passion cocktail, which is served in a tall champagne flute. The fire taiko roll is a sushi roll with spicy tuna, cucumber, pickled daikon radish served with a spicy sauce. There's three pieces of roll with that, and then we also had the beef wagyu don, which is traditional Japanese rice bowl with American wagyu beef, which is, seems like it's a bit of a, a contradiction because wagyu, I guess, by definition is Japanese, but that is also served with a spicy sauce, also some pickled radish, and some onions, and it looks like a, a teeny tiny little, uh, it looks like a soy soaked, um, maybe like a quail egg. Uh, why don't we start with the sushi first and then make our way to the, the wagyu don. So the sushi came with three pieces. Because you were my friends and my guests, I did not make you, like, share it with me or or cut them in half. But, Kenneth? I'm giving this high marks. It is spicy tuna, but I think it's sort of light on the spicy tuna, wouldn't you say, Jason? I think it's unremarkable. I like it. I, I, one of the reasons I like it is because I really like daikon radish, and it had yeah, that in there. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a, it's a typical good tuna roll it's not very spicy but it tastes good but yeah the, the thing that makes it a little bit unique is that the di- the pickled daikon that's in there gives it a nice little bit of crunch and a little bit of extra flavor again it's not the kind of thing i would come to this festival specifically for but it's a nice plate of sushi and i think it i think what we've seen traditionally with the festival sushi is it is entry level right yeah. it's, it's frushi or it is something that is is a relatively safe-ish bet. I think spicy tuna is probably sort of the mm-hmm. most sort of adventurous, adventurous yeah, yeah. Type, of, type of sushi that, that there has been here. I'm very curious to see well, what, what the beef is like. About, with regards to the sushi roll, the you can add more heat to it, which I like with the sauce, with the the, the, the mayo, the spicy mayo. Um, this is actually a little more spicy than normal spicy mayo, and so if you need to dial that up a little bit, you can do that with the sauce, so that's nice. Mind you, we're also standing in the shadow of Shikisai, which I am just literally counting down the minutes until we finally get to experience, which is the Japanese Izakaya opening in um, in the Japan Pavilion very soon. All right, dig in to um, the, the it's a relatively small bowl of beef, and I guess there's, it's served over um, layers of rice. All right, thoughts on Japan, on any, everything that you've tasted as a whole? Um, the sushi was fine. Um, 
the, um, the this Wagyu Don is it it didn't look very appealing when we first got it. It kind of looked like it'd been sitting for a while, and it, it yeah, this is my least favorite thing by a long shot that we've eaten. Yeah, I would agree. Actually, I think the highlight was probably the drink. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, this this wasn't that good. And there seems to be like a quail egg or some kind of small bird's egg in there that's not on the menu. And like, none of us want to try it apparently, but it's there. It's not, It's it, this isn't, I would actually, this is sad to say, but I actually would skip the booth here for this festival. And then make a reservation at Takumite right around the corner. So I'm disappointed that we didn't get the chicken teriyaki bun because I have a feeling it would have been the best thing. Right, it would have been the best thing at the at the fest at the Japan booth for this festival. Um, I didn't try the sushi, but I probably would go. I probably would go up to even Katsura Grill if I wanted sushi. Um, I, I thought the bowl. I thought the bowl was okay, but I think the chicken teriyaki bun, which is not new this year. Is, is the one thing that I would come to Japan for. Especially like when it's colder out. It's a nice sort of little like warm comfort food you're type really, autumn. You're really craving autumn, aren't I you? Am. Like you really, I am. Look at me. I'm sweating <laughs> like a like a sinner in church. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't throw this whole booth off. I think Lou's right. We didn't try probably the best thing only because we'd had it before. Um, if I were to come to this booth, I'd probably order that and I might get the sushi too. But uh, just because I love the daikon in it. The sake is nice. I really, I'm not a big drinker, but I like sake, and I like the sake passion cocktail. Yeah, the sake passion cocktail. I mean, it's very light on the alcohol. There can't be much in there, um, but it, it tastes to me. It tastes like a mango flavored drink, but I guess it's passion fruit. Yeah, the the teriyaki chicken bun, which is pretty much here every year. We always joke that it tastes like um, sloppy Joe, like in a in a bun, and it's good. And we get it all the time. My kids like to get it. So we didn't review it today because we know what it tastes like, but we highly recommend it. Um, yeah, the Wagyu, it also looks like it kind of had been sitting waiting for us for a while, and that probably didn't do it any favors either. Um, and yeah, the egg is like a quail-sized egg that if you've ever had like a ramen egg that's soaked in that soy sauce mixture, it looks like that's what's been done to it. Um, but again, it also looks like it's maybe been waiting to be eaten for a while so are you judging me that i like and miss the sentimental nostalgia of a nice sloppy joe that your mom would make like i'm put on like a hamburger bun like after you like after no. school no no we a, love, that's our favorite oh, thing i know like a potato roll yeah a nice potato with salt potato oh i miss that if i knew how to cook I'd invite you all over. You too, listener. I'd invite you all. No, like for nostalgic food from the 70s and 80s. Like just a whole night. Oh, you guys should do that. You all cook and I'll come over. No, wait a minute. Why don't we all do that? That had the foods of, you know, the 1970s. What is it? What is it? Steakhouse 71. Oh, yeah, but not that kind of stuff. I mean, like. We'll do like a potluck thing, and you all everybody like makes a dinner from like. So when, when I was a kid in the seventies, the thing that a lot of grown-ups did at the time was uh-huh. progressive dinners. Did your parents ever organize a progressive dinner, oh, where you go from yeah. house to house, and everybody's house was a different country, and um, you dress up, and they'd have, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I got to go with my parents on a couple of progressive <laughs> dinners. It was great. I sort of like that idea. I mean, not having to get dressed and go to other people's houses, but right. if it was all at my house, it would be wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, now I want sloppy joes. Yeah, let's do a 70s night. Yeah. Question of the week this week, as I'm thinking out loud as I record, what is your favorite sentimental nostalgic food from your childhood that you miss? 
Right now for me, it's Sloppy Joe's. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we came to Epcot. We braved and outlasted the very long, beautiful storm, and we made our way around the entire World Showcase promenade, as well as a few of the other kiosks in, uh, I keep wanting to call it Future World. I know it's not Future World anymore. World Celebration Showplace. World. We made it through Epcot. We've made it through really pretty much most of all of the new items that are currently available. One of the things that, that Disney has started to do over past years, which I think there's a increases the repeatability the repeatability factor of the festival is that not all of the marketplace kiosks are open on the first day. So there's a number that won't open until September, including uh, Wine and Wedge, Char and Chop, the Swirl Showcase, Bubbles and Brine, and I believe there may be one more and a couple other new items that aren't even on the Passport as well, which, especially as locals, like, I love that because we could sort of come back and do this all again and see what else is new. Um, we ate a lot. You guys were troopers. You gave of yourself selflessly, and I sincerely appreciate it. it Kenneth is shedding a tear. Yeah. It was so difficult, Lou. And, you know, I, I think as we endure this ordeal together, <laughs> we'll always look back on this. As and I'll link to Kenneth's GoFundMe in the, uh, in the show notes. But this is the best of the best of what's new. And I think there were some clear wins. I think there were a couple of things that may not have, have hit the mark in terms of the expectations we set out earlier. What was your best of the best, whether it's individual items, individual marketplace, or even because it's us, you can have more than one. What sort of really stood out for you from what's new at this year's festival? So I have created a meal for us. <laughs> so, and the flavors don't gel perfectly, but it's okay. So we're going to come, first we're going to stop at brewing and we're going to get the orange cardamom wings because I love those. Those were my, probably one of my favorite things of the festival. And then the for the main course, we'll have the chilaquiles in America because I loved those. And then we're going to head back to Flavors from Fire and get the spiced chocolate tart for dessert. Those are my three favorites. That's good. I mean, I can't, I, it's hard to improve on that. She did pass over the, the fried pickles, which I know it's really sad to have that on a favorites list. But my goodness, that booth. The fries, wonderful. For Again, for the Baltimore, Maryland, and there's Ocean City, Maryland fans out there, the, the fries are like thrashers, and the, and the fried pickle's amazing. Um, and then pickled shake. I, I'm not just doing a pickle thing. It's really, it, I actually thought it was, it was tasty. Um, and I'm going to say, look, the chili quiles, they're probably the best probably the best thing at this festival i mean the chipino was good really solid also but the the chili chilies is that's it for me okay i'm gonna shock everyone because anybody who's listened to the podcast before when i've been on it you know that i have a bias let's just say for well we'll just say i have a bias for meat (laughs) but my favorite flavor of the day had no meat in it and it was the samosa at uh, the at the India Pavilion. So big, big surprise on both counts, both the pavilion and the flavor. 
But I would also say, and this is really contrarian, but the chocolate tart was not my favorite dessert either. It was the carrot cake. I think the carrot cake just blew my mind. It was great. I'm sort of like I've been back and forth in my mind on this because all the things you mentioned, I agree with. I, I think I think far and away, and, and listen, I give credit where it's due. Um, I think the the 180-degree turnaround that the America Pavilion has had is remarkable. Uh, I really enjoyed everything at Flavors of America. You know, I think I said... I would go back and order everything there. I mean, maybe the, the beef sandwich. If I had to rank it, it's the chilaquiles, the chipino, the carrot cake, and then the beef sandwich. But as we said, we could sort of, I would come back and be happy just going there. I love the fried pickles. Um, I think you're right. I think the carrot cake may have been the, the best dessert. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot that I really... Um, when you eat all day, it's sometimes hard to think back in, in some of the stuff that we have eaten and enjoyed. And I did like the samosa. I really like the samosas. You're right. What stands out, I mean, what's amazing is that the America, Flavors of America, we hit that at the end, towards towards the end. It it was still so, it's like still the standout, still the best, which is a lot when you think of all the food that we ate leading up to that point. Um, for that, to, If we had had that first, I think we would have just called it a day. I think we would have just stopped. You can't, you can't improve upon it. I will say this. I still think the best dessert, and maybe I'm, I, might jump, I might be jumping ahead, but I'm gonna. It doesn't matter. It's me. Uh, the the best dessert I think still of the festival is the lamington cake in Australia. Where's that? In Australia. Okay. We're gonna we'll walk by. <laughs> <if you wait. laughs> Ken, I just got excited. Wait, it it what? is it's this, you know it's a yellow cake with a raspberry filling in the middle, chocolate icing, and coconut around the side. Oh, it's it's delicious. So I, I would put that up against the tart, and maybe eat both. So what about, you know, again, there's literally hundreds of items on the menus here. A lot of the things, like you said, are returning favorites and classics. Is there anything that just either you saw as you went through the book, as we walked through the promenade, or just as a local, you say to yourself, I- I'm going to go back one day because I just love having X. What is what is maybe a returning favorite that has been on, that's on here that you'd look forward to coming back to that we didn't touch on today? Um, so, like you said, Jason already mentioned the Fry Flight, which is awesome. So I'll go ahead and say the Noodle Exchange booth, which just opened up on the 15th. I know they've tweaked some of their stuff, so I'm excited to see what they've done with it. But it's such a people-pleaser booth because all the different soups and ramens, I know they've switched out some of the pho that they had last year for a ramen dish. Um, the Thai shrimp was phenomenal there last year. There's a ramen with shaved beef now. So I'm excited to try everything, everything there as soon as we can get over there. I think for me, it's the walk-around food the most. The fries, the samosas. I mentioned earlier the uh, the the charcuterie in a cup. I know it's simple. It just it's it's tasty, and you can eat it on the go. Um, and I, again, I think going back to I think going back to I know it's not new, but the America. I think this is going to be a new. I hope they keep it because that's going to be a new go-to, a new favorite. Is pretty much everything at the Americas, except for the sandwich. Yeah, for me, it would be the Mexico booth, and I I can't wait to uh, come back again and have the carnitas. And other, to me, that's that's a booth, that and the flavors of fire, that just never disappoints. Yeah, like, I, I agree about the noodles. Brazilian cheese bread is another great one. It's especially, like, I think it also depends on why I'm here and when I'm here. Certain foods, I think, taste better at different times of year, right? Some of the warmer foods and soups, now when it's August and it's very hot and humid, they don't necessarily 
you know, work as well as when you come back in the fall on sort of jeans and hoodie weather and it's a cool night and you're going to watch some fireworks and get maybe like a warm soup or like a cheese bread. So that's one of the things I enjoy too is, is when I come, it's going to depend on, we didn't even like get to Greece. Like we missed like the griddled cheese in Greece. And, the, and the, they had the impossible masaka that's there. I did get my mint, my Moroccan mint tea slushy in Morocco, which is great. It wasn't very slushy, but it was still very delicious. Another thing to note, too, is, and I think we mentioned earlier, like I really enjoyed the impossible um, chicken at brewing. I think that the plant-based options and the impossible options have really sort of stepped up their game. Like... Impossible food is not just for vegetarians anymore. Like, I think there's items that are good simply because they're good, not good simply because they're impossible and vegetarian. And, and kudos to the chefs for making a an option that was very accommodating into something that's you know sort of more mainstream and just delicious on its face. I, and so while we're there, I will I will say that the the unnecessarily hot curry <laughs> wings, in all seriousness. Disney, you know, Disney has gotten a bad rap for a long time about not having sufficiently spicy food. And when they say something spicy, it's not really spicy. These are spicy. These these are spicy. So if you're somebody who says like, yeah, I can eat some spicy food, you may you may want to think twice. If if you if you really like the hottest Indian food out there, then this this will be good for you. But just be careful. Yeah, I would test. I would test into that, those wings. Take a bite, wait about 20 seconds, and see how you feel, and then take another bite. Don't give it to your kid. It's not going to be funny. It, it, it is like they're seriously hot. Yeah, they're seriously hot. But that being said, there's I just kind of there's five different wings that are offered just at that booth, so there's plenty there for everybody. And I think it is nice that you, if you want something a little bit spicy at the festival, there's that option for you. And that like the plant-based stuff, like is a general rule across property. Like always try the plant-based stuff because whoever is creating this, the dishes at the various restaurants is doing such a phenomenal job. And whether you eat a plant-based diet or not, I think it's always worth trying those dishes because they're always they tend to be some of the best things on the menu, no matter where you're eating. And I think the thing for me that I've really sort of picked up on the festivals is there's such an element of fun. Like however you festival like whether it's us and it's a group of friends getting together to eat around the world whether you're here to shop to do the Eat to the Beat concert series if you're here for the merch the uh, Emile's fromage montage the scavenger hunt like there's things now that you can do individually you can do as a group you can do as family you can do with kids and then the festival especially coming from some of those early years where it really was geared towards adults coming for a food and wine experience it really has evolved into something that is more experiential than simply culinary based so even if you're not a big foodie there's a lot of reasons to come to the festival and i think come back to the festival and then when you're done doing that and you're like i i need more disney you need to go to here with the magic.com because there you're gonna find well, all sorts of things videos and podcasts i i would say it has been very hot in this summer and wherever you are, if you need a little taste of the Magic Kingdom, head over to uh, youtube.com forward slash here with the magic and check out the Choose Your Own Adventure videos. You can also go to here with the magic.com forward slash adventure to do it. And for those of you listening to the podcast, which is all of you, you can find the soundscapes by Here with the Magic podcast right there where you're listening to this. I, I, like, to I like to put the videos on, but I put a little fan on in front of me, so I feel like I'm experiencing Magic Kingdom, but getting a little air conditioning along the way. <laughs> I have to say, I'm, I'm local, 
and I can go to the Magic Kingdom anytime I want, but I love the choose-your-own-adventure things. I, I watch those all the time. I think they're great. Put them up on the, on the, the big, big projection TV yeah. and... Yeah. <laughs> And you can turn, you know, you can open the doors if you want the humidity experience. You can just open the doors and feel it. But it's like, it's yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice treat. What you have, Kenneth has to tell us about the cat, the Instagram cat account. That's what he's not plugging, and he should be marbly cat. You know, I'm not sure how many posts my wife has done on marbly cat, but I, I think it's still up. And they're funny. I think it's still up. It's they're really good. What's it called? Marbly cat. I think it's at marbly cat. On. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll find it. I'll link, to, I'll link to it in the show notes. Make sure you stop what you're doing and go to the so show notes. Marley, our cat, uh, over the summer, took a vacation to Long Island, New York. So you'll probably see some sailing posts on there where the cat is sailing. Uh, it should be fun. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the marbly TikTok. Really, that's really what I want to uh, indulge in. And, of course, uh, Lisa Donato Glasner is still over at thecastlerun.com. Yeah, so I'm over at thecastlerun.com and the Castle Runner on Instagram. Um, years ago, we kind of lifted up our life and moved it from Wall Street to Walt Disney World, and we chronicle our adventures over there. Um, I'm also very active in the running community and run Disney, um, and you can find a lot of information there. I'm also almost formerly, which is so crazy to say, um, the owner of Cormor Marie Candles, which is a candle shop that has Disney-inspired scents that I've been running for the last five years. For various you know personal reasons and beyond, I've decided to... To, to sort of quiet that down after this month. So we're close, quietly, sadly closing the doors on that. Um, but that's very much a part of my month right now. Well, I will link to all of that and also post some photos uh, from our adventure and journey today. Uh, Lisa, Kenneth, and Jason, thank you again so very much for joining me. And obviously we need to come back in just a few weeks and see what's even newer among what's new at the festival. Deal. Thank you, Lou. Thank you so much. Such a long walk back to the car. I just need a little, like, nap. We say this every year. We need, like, a little sort of air-conditioned nap location. Like a... the, the, is it the Australia booth where that dessert is? Yeah. Let's try it. hungry. I'm still eating. I'm literally like, can I literally, can I undo my belt a little bit without security coming by? Ken's like, let's just keep eating. Training. Training, my friend. That's the secret. And Kenneth, just so you know, is not 712 pounds. Like, you are like an Adonis, and I don't know, I don't know how you do it. It's, you know, the difference between an amateur and a professional. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> He's making me feel bad about it. Like, I just bought you all that food, and you're making me so bad about it. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week. I got my start writing my very first trivia book back in 2004, and I love being able to share history and details with you and also challenge you to see how much you know or remember, and then pay it forward and tell and amaze or bore your friends when you take them to the parks. And this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you, because as part of the WW Radio Nation, you help bring every episode of the show to life, all the live broadcasts, they're all thanks to you. And you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month and also get exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, trivia quests. We do a group video call every month, get access to our private Facebook group. 
their shirts, stickers, monthly care packages, a few surprises I'm working on, and much more. More importantly, I love being able to give back to you each and every month and just let you know how grateful I am for your love, support, friendship, and help. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the Nation family, including Michael Kell, Angelo and Lori Oliveri, Melanie Jones, Matthew Woolley, and family, Andrew Milan and Angelo Batista, and family. Thank you all so very much. If you want to find out how you can help the show, just visit www.radio.com support. Now, before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week I said that in 1993, which I just realized is 30 years ago, which is crazy, the America Gardens Amphitheater at the American Adventure Pavilion was remodeled to prepare for what type of show? Now, this one ended up being a little bit trickier than I anticipated, but it's also very timely because it was remodeled for a Barbie show. Now, obviously now the Barbie movie is not just a fad, it is an absolute phenomenon, but from late 1993 through 1995, the magical world of Barbie, the 20-minute stage show located at the America Gardens Theater, took place every day in Epcot Center. It was obviously sponsored and brought to you by Mattel. Barbie actually became the ambassador of friendship at Epcot in 1994, and if you're saying that Barbie doesn't seem to mesh well with the edutainment aspect of Epcot, you're right. But at the mid-90s, this was when Epcot was starting to go from a very sort of serious, not fun, no character edutainment park to something that was intended to be seen as a lot more fun, a lot more approachable, and certainly something that is more attractive to kids. And Barbie really helped lead that charge. Now, interestingly enough, the very first version of the Magical World of Barbie stage show premiered around Thanksgiving season and closed for rewrites the very next day. It reopened, a little bit revised, a couple of songs changed just in time for Christmas 1993 and timing and synergy being everything. Because Barbie was celebrating her 35th anniversary as a toy, She rode around the park, I'm not kidding, she rode around the World Showcase Promenade in a giant pink stretch limo. And if this sounds strange or too good to be true, and you want to learn more about this and other shows, you can go back to WDW Radio show number 603, part one, of things that you can't believe ever happened in Walt Disney World. And if you think a Barbie stage show in Epcot Center coming in in a giant pink limousine is the weirdest thing that ever happened, stay tuned. And if you love extinct stage shows in Walt Disney World, check out show number 545. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a WWO mug, pin, and a mystery prize. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Chris Medina. So, Chris, congratulations. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. And if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So we're going to stay in Epcot Center, not just because of Barbie, but because of the Food and Wine Festival, which is going to be going on throughout November this year. Your question this week is to tell me, what opening day Epcot Center attractions still exist? What opening day Epcot Center attractions from 1982 still exist. You have until Sunday, August 27th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast. Again, use the form there. You're going to play 
from Mug, a pin, and a mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you for virtually touring the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival with us. I'd love to hear from you what you are most looking forward to eating. What is your favorite new item? What's your favorite classic item or what you love most about this or any of the festivals in Epcot? Come be part of the community and conversation over in the WW Radio Clubhouse on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. Also, please like the WW Radio page on Facebook at facebook.com slash WW Radio and turn on notifications so you don't miss a thing, including our Wednesday night WW Radio live show every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, where we talk not just about this week's podcast, but what's new and news in the world of Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. There's games, contests, call-ins, and special guests. More importantly, it's a great way for us to get together as a community, as a family, each and every week. Speaking of getting together and connecting, I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, X, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Threads. You can email me, lou at www.radio.com. If you have a question, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1, and I'll play your voicemail on the air. And of course, nothing beats a handshake and a hug, so check out our events page at www.radio.com slash events for information about our next Meet of the Month. Thanks to everybody who came out this past weekend to our Meet of the Month at the Brewing Labs at the Odyssey Center in Epcot. It was so great to see so many familiar faces, meet so many new friends and members of the WW Radio family. Enjoy some chicken wings, pickle milkshakes, and air conditioning. Stay tuned for information about our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World. And this week, I'm going to be in Denver for a conference, and I'm looking to possibly do an on-the-road meetup at the Gaylord Rockies Resort and Convention Center. If I'm able to make that happen, I will post not only on the events page, but on Facebook, and I'll share on my Instagram stories as well. And speaking of events, we only have four seats left for my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World, September 29th through October 1st, which will help you launch, grow, and monetize your business and brand. It is three days, one room, 50 attendees, 20 sessions of practical and tactical lessons and strategies that you're going to learn and use and implement right there in interactive workshops. There's also great networking opportunities as well. And because I want to try and help you turn what you love into what you do, you can use code UNLOCK100 at checkout to save $100 off your ticket. If you have any questions, not sure if Momentum is right for you, just email me, lou at www.radio.com. And to learn more about how I might be able to help you through one-on-one coaching in my mastermind group, which is forming in October, or by coming to speak to your conference, event, business, or school, you can visit loumangelo.com. Thanks as always to my partner and sponsor and friends over at Mouse Van Travel for all of your vacation planning needs. Visit mousevantravel.com. They are a fee-free travel service. It's who I recommend because it's who I use and more importantly, who I trust. And finally, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Invite your friends to listen and subscribe or share a link to this or your favorite episode on social. Tag me at Lou Mangiello. I will like it. I will follow and I will reshare. Finally, most important, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely love and appreciate you. I am grateful to and for you every day. If there's some way that I can help you, please reach out and let me know. Always choose the good, be kind, be compassionate, and create a ripple of positivity. I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, this is Jeff Richardson, Brookhaven, Mississippi. I haven't called in a while, but I've been listening. But I had to call after your episode regarding where you'd like to spend the night. 
in Walt Disney World. My daughters and I, when we're on dark rides or any other ride, we'll point at something and we'll just say $1,000 a night. I mean, we could sleep there and have a great time. I thought my number one choice was going to make it through the end of the show, and then Tim caught it right at the end, but it's the farmhouse and living with the land. I love that one. I would love to hang out in the living room with the family as they're uh, watching TV in Spaceship Earth. And there are also several little places I would love to stay inside of uh, Splash Mountain. So we think about this all the time. That is now my number one favorite episode. Thanks, Lou, for all you do. I'm coming to Wine and Dine Half Marathon, and I'll be wearing my WDW Radio running shirt. Have a great day. Hey, Lou. Big fan of the show. Jason here from Texas. I felt compelled to call in because ever since I was a kid, I think that I uh, I've always wanted to sleep on the living on the land ride. You know, when you're coming around that turn there, there's a pasture, there's a like bison, some things popping out of the ground, dog barking. That house right there, where if you craned your neck up, you could look at uh, at, at the uh, restaurant there. That house looks like an amazing place to crash. So I would like to stay in that house. And uh, in the immortal words of Jim Corcus, if I don't see you in the future, I'll see you in the pasture. Bye. Keep up the good work, Lou. Hey, Lou. It's Dawn Lee from Hickory Creek, Texas. And I had such a great time listening to you and Tim talk about places you'd like to spend the night in Disney World. And i got to say, mine isn't available year-round. But I think it would be amazing to get to spend the night in the gingerbread house in the Grand Floridian. It seems big enough. And if I really didn't want to spend the whole night surrounded by ginger, I could just go to the desk and get a room. Anyway, I hope you have a great day. Hi, this is Heather. I'm calling from Destin, Florida. And this is in response to where would you stay at Disney? That's not a resort. So going way back. On the Backlot Tour, when the Golden Girls house was still there, if I could go back and stay in that house, and let's imagine it's the real house, not just the set, that's where I would go. Have a great one.